Because I don't like hearing myself, so it's just going to be interesting. Well, nobody really likes listening to themselves, right? Very vain people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yeah, right. true. No, that's right. true. So, ready? Ready. All right. Three, two, one, and what's up, guys? It's Miguel. We're back with another episode of Just Chopping It Up. I have Tawny with us. Say hello. Hello. All right. So, uh, introduce yourselves. Introduce yourself to the people out there. All right. Hello. My name is Tawny Anis, and... Um, I'm currently a member at CrossFit Pandemic. I was a coach and manager here, and I left to become a police officer for the Los Angeles Police Department. All right, cool. So, uh, I mean, we'll kind of pick you up. There's a few subjects I kind of want to talk about with that. Uh, when did you start CrossFit? I started, I was actually trying to remember the like the exact date. Um, I want to say it was in 2012 or 2013. It's hard to like remember the exact, but it was around there. Around I that remember, time? Yeah, around probably like 2013. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, right? Uh, so how did you find it? Like what, what made you stumble across it or what made you kind of like look at it? Yeah, so um, well, I'd always been like pretty active throughout my life. Always like some kind of working out or sports or whatever. Um, I had a friend who knew our one of the owners at the time. Um, and so he was like, hey, found this cool like thing called CrossFit. And I was like... What is that? I never heard of it at all. And I think it was already starting to get kind of popular, but I just never come across it. So my friend was like, oh, they're going to do like a free week if you want to try it out. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm competitive. Like, I want to do it. Like, it sounds cool the way that it's explained. So, um, yeah, Pandemic did like a free week and I just tried it. I remember like the very first day. It was pretty crazy. It was like, like everything that it is now is like so... It was like empty in here. There was um, like, you know, everything was bare bones. I remember working, um, like we had a GHD. We did like some workout with GHD sit-ups and I'd never done that. We did like wall walks. So I'd never been upside down. So that was like totally new for me, but it was still construction going on. There was literally like piles of dirt and like, you know, holes and things. And so it was, it was pretty cool because it was before it was officially opened. Um, but yeah, oh. that's, yeah, it was before CrossFit pandemic was like, opened it was just they were literally offering a free week to people trying to get people in um so it was before, before they're like it was like they're soft opening. yeah it was like a soft opening if, yeah yeah but they were still like in construction it was still kind of like a you know we're just trying to so you walk into a warehouse in. pretty much like. literally yep <laughs> warehouse with dirt and like some mat flooring and like i mean it wasn't bad but it was just like you know well, yeah well, especially at that time i mean that's like rogue wasn't anywhere near what it is now oh, or you yeah. have like all these fitness companies that are literally just making equipment now for CrossFit. So, Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't like you could just be like, oh, I'll just buy some stuff off of Craigslist or... So, it was pretty, uh, like, a lot of gyms, or especially at that time, like, opened like that, where it was, like, bare bones kind of thing. Um, So, you did fitness beforehand? Yeah. um, It was just, like, you know, like, regular, like, LA Fitness kind of stuff. Um, Like I said, like, I like doing... I was pretty, like active growing up just like kind of a tomboy like I do you play any sports I did play some sports but it was never like officially like on a team I pretty much did like every sport (laughs) like I would play football soccer basketball I mean but for fun like I never really did team stuff you never played any sports in high school no in high school actually I did track in high school um I think I did like the 400 meter run like a relay long jump and like a hundred yard dash or something but i only did that for one year and then i kind of was like nah like not for me yeah not for me i didn't want to do it for all four years so i only did that ninth grade um but yeah i was just active so then after high school um it's kind of when i really got into like just working out just trying to figure stuff out like my sister worked out so i was like all right i'll just go with her to la fitness and then you know kind of go from there so i pretty much just did like regular gym before i found crossfit and then from then it was like that was all I did was just CrossFit. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So what what were like, what's like the one thing that kind of got you with like CrossFit when you first tried it out? We were like, oh man, like this is it kind of yeah. thing. Was there something like that for you? Or Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I just remember like that first day, like I said, like we did just things that I've never done before. And we look at them now and it's like, oh, wall walks. Like that's, you know, not that big of a deal. But to me then it was like all these movements that I never experienced. And then I realized like, man, I go to LA Fitness and I do the same thing every day or, you know, for like 20 minutes or maybe an hour, but 
are you really even working out for an hour? Like Mondays is always legs. Yeah, Tuesdays is always exactly. bike, tries and chest. Exactly. And you kind of get into that routine of like same warm up, same weights, mm-hmm. same sets. And you're just kind of like, well, I'm working out, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. So it was like the fact that it was just so different than what I'd experienced. And then it was competitive. Like I went with a few people I knew and we were racing each other. And it was like, I loved that. I loved like racing people. I loved like you know, trying to beat someone because it was just, like, fun, you know? Yeah. So then the fact that I was working out and, like, having fun and was with other people, like, I liked that aspect rather than at the gym, you're kind of just, like, solo, like, putting your headphones, like, don't talk to me, like, you know, you could be with, like, someone, but you're really just doing your own thing. So it was cool that it was kind of like a a group thing, community kind of thing. So it was just fun. That's why I liked it, I think. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I think there's, like, with two things with that, like, I think that's one thing with the CrossFit because, I mean, from my personal experience or uh, now, like, being a trainer for almost five years, like, I've never had anybody being like, oh, man, like, this weird, creepy guy came up to me and talked to me kind of thing because mm-hmm. being a, a lady uh, in, like, the LA Fitness oh, or yeah. 24-Hour Fitness kind of <laughs> stuff, uh, that I, I would say that's a little um, uncomfortable sometimes, oh, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, um, you know if, like, some guy's coming up to you, you're like, oh, gosh. Like, here we what go. What are they going to say? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but it, like in the CrossFit space, at least from the gyms I've been at, um, that's not really a thing because, I mean, you're seeing people like it's a lot of like minded people. That's not yeah. like there. We do have like vast like difference in a lot of people, but it's never that like because you see somebody practically like every day, an yeah. hour a day, the same people, kind of the same people go towards mm-hmm. the same class. So it's it's there's never an, like an uncomfortableness, really. Like maybe in the beginning, like you're like, oh, I don't know this who this person yeah. is. But then, like, after a week or a couple of weeks, they're like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? Blah, 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 yeah. you know? Um, so I think that's – I think that I like that aspect of, like, with the CrossFit stuff. And I think a lot of, like, uh, of our uh, female uh, clients like that as well too because, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've never heard of a bad experience or no, anything like that. It's pretty, it's pretty, like, it's cool that you can work out with, like, the opposite sex and it's just normal, like, and it's nothing, like – weird you're just oh that's so-and-so from the 430 class like yeah. he's cool you know whatever yeah it's like, not even he, like an, uh, an afterthought no in your it's mind. not not at all yeah like if they say hey what's up you don't have any like oh what's his what's his what's motive, his motive it's right like, no it's just that's this the dude that comes to 430 he's right. cool and like we're all friends yeah it's just normal yeah um so from starting crossfit right so if you started let's say well let's just say 2012 and a half Right, something like. I'm pretty like sure it was like 2013. I really should be better about remembering those things. <laughs> um, so with that, um, a couple of years later, right, uh, mm-hmm. you guys went to uh, regionals, right, to kind of check it out, like for the scene, like in 2015 or something yes. like that. Um, like you mean competing or? Oh just no, to, like to, to go to go yeah. watch it, right? Yeah, we just watched. Um, but at during that time, you also did your L1. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So how how did that happen? What made you? Like, kind of approach, like, the the training or the coaching of it from being, you know, from first being, mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what CrossFit is to now I want to start teaching this stuff. Yeah. You know, so how did that happen? So, I think I'd been doing it, I, I'm pretty sure it's 2013 is around when I started. So, I'd been doing CrossFit for about two years, roughly, um, and I really liked it, and I just got really interested in it, and I think around that time... Um, I had a couple jobs. I was working at uh, the restaurant that I worked at, and then I was working at a church. And, you know, two jobs, like, but they kind of were just, like, you know, jobs. They weren't, like, stuff that I was really, really interested in, you know, pursuing. Um, and so doing CrossFit, I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. I wonder if I could get into kind of, like, the fitness, like, industry of working out. And I had actually had already... I think I already had my personal training certification, like, from NASM. Oh, so you um, did your NASM first? Yeah, I did my NASM first, um, but it kind of was just, like, not really realistic of becoming a personal trainer. Um, and so I had that, but um, doing CrossFit, I, like, it was around the same time, so I realized I want to do more than just, like, a one-on-one training because if I enjoy getting coached or if I enjoy a workout where I'm with a group of people, like, then why am I going to do the opposite where I'm going to go train someone individually kind of thing when... I, I see the benefit of like a group kind of thing like CrossFit. Um, so I was uh, with Kelsey. She was another member. at the, We were just members at the time. Um, and we kind of got to talking like, dude, it'd be kind of cool if we like, you know, got into coaching. And we didn't even have like thoughts about working here at Pandemic necessarily because, 
it was just kind of like, hey, let's just see if we can do it. And it's kind of a cool experience. Like, let's see what it's about. Let's see what it's about. See if we're even, like, capable, you know. So we both, um, yeah, we signed up for the spot. Um, and then we did our level one the weekend prior to regionals. So we went, did our level one at Del Mar. And it was actually really cool because since it was so close to regionals, uh, Greg Glasman, he stopped in and no one knew. He just kind of heard, hey, there's a level one going on nearby. I'm in town. I'm going to stop by. And he gave us this like really motivating speech of just, of just like about coaches and like what you guys do for the community, what you do for your members and all this stuff. And it was like, wow, like it just motivated you even more to become a coach. Um, so we did our level one and then we were at regionals. And I think it was like right at the very end of the weekend when everything like concluded and we got our emails saying, hey, you guys passed, like, you guys are level one certified. And so it was really cool how it worked because it was, like, the end of regionals. So you have, like, that, you know, adrenaline high of, like, yeah, regionals is awesome. And then we got our emails saying you passed. So then it was even more exciting. And then uh, the owner, Scott, at the time, he was sitting right next to me. And I was like, oh, man, I just got my, you know, email saying I, I passed. And he was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, I didn't know you guys were, you were interested. You guys were going to do that. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're just seeing if we were gonna you know capable of doing it if we had what it took kind had of what it took exactly and then he was like well I didn't know you're interested but you know you just got certified like come talk to me on Monday and like we could maybe work something out and I was like oh my god yeah, like yeah. it was just like my world was shook I was like I didn't even think about you know this even happening and then right instantly it was potentially offered a job so it was even more just kind of like a okay this is you and know. then exa- and then where you were going at, where some of you already like exactly well, almost like wanted to be a part of kind of thing, but yeah. you're like, kind of like uh, how do I approach it kind exactly. of stuff, right? So it all kind of just like fell into my lap and like came together really, really perfect well. timing so, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So how really was cool. that week waiting for that email? Oh my gosh, it was dreadful. Right? I was like checking it. I was like, <laughs> ma- you know, they said a week, but maybe they meant like, like a couple days. days. Maybe they're gonna send it sooner. Yeah. And then you go through like, oh crap, what if I? Is failed? it in my spam? <laughs> like, did I accidentally delete it? <laughs> did I delete it? Did I write the wrong like, email? email. <laughs> they yeah. sent it to like someone else. Yeah, I remember when I first did mine too. Yeah, the same thing. Like, luckily, the both times because I just redid mine, but the first time. They've taken like three days for me to get it because you do it that Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and then by that Wednesday I've gotten it. But yeah, like every night I'm just like, every like notification <laughs> yeah. on my phone, I'm like, is it that? Is it like, that? You're like, dang it. That's crazy. So uh, how was it when you first started kind of getting into like coaching? Like how was that? Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Because um, uh, when I was here, I mean, it's one of those things like I've gotten coached by you and stuff and mm-hmm. you're very well worded with like how you approach things. And um, it, it's very um, how do how do I say this? Like it's very like you're you're a really good coach. Like Thank that's you. that that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like like the way you can kind of like portray things or the way you kind of like um, I'm trying to find like, like a explain word. Them or something. Yeah, like explain it or kind of like put the effort into it. Mm-hmm. It's like very kind of like oh okay I know I know what it's about. It's very uh like it resonates with a lot of people. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, so but like how how did that like transition go from like pretty much like never coaching anybody right. to, you know, coaching multiple people yeah. and stuff like that. So how was that? Yeah, it was literally like, you know, I just kind of had to put it together. So um, in the beginning, I'm sure, you know, everyone starts shadowing. So I think I shadowed, uh, I think it was Charles at the time when he was coaching here um, way back then. So I think I shadowed him a little bit. Um, and then I would just observe a lot of the coaches and just kind of see like, Oh, all right, cool, I like that. Take that little, you know, what how they say that or this and that. And I kind of just kind of formulated what I liked. And then I thought of, okay, how would I like to be coached? Like, I, I'm a very personable person. Um, and so I would want the same, like, you know, I just kind of figured, what would I like? So that's kind of like how I started my, like, style, I guess. And then um, I started with Sweatshop. So I think my very first class that I ever coached was Sweatshop. Um and I was helping out just running that boot camp at first. That was kind of like my kind of like trial, like intro to coaching. Because um, it was a little bit small at the time. We had literally just started it. Like, I think I coached the very first class of Sweatshop when we very uh, first opened it. So it was kind of like, all right, well, these people, like, there's no, um, what's the word? Like, there's, there's no structure. Exactly. It. There's no structure. So it's just kind of like whatever I create is going to be it for, you know, these members that are coming in. Yeah. Because it's separate than CrossFit. So it kind of was like, all right, let's figure this out. So it's your own little, like, baby kind of thing, you know. You got to mold it. 
Exactly. So I started with the sweatshop, was coaching it, and then I um, eventually started programming and then became the manager. But through that process, like I think coaching sweatshop helped a lot with kind of just figuring out like how do people like to be coached, how do I like to coach, you know, what works, what doesn't. Um, I mean, there's so much that goes into coaching, you know, with like with dealing with members and then just the way you run a class and just there's a lot of organization to it and timing and just the different things like that. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into There's it. a lot that people don't really see. And so it's, it's really like an art, I feel like. Um, so Sweatshop helped out a lot. And then after, I don't think I, I did it. I obviously kept continuing Sweatshop, but after like maybe a few months is when I started coaching CrossFit and I switched over. And then it was like, whoa, this is like a bigger, you know, pond to swim in because it's you know bigger classes and a lot more movements a lot more movements more like high skilled movements um which i knew but it it was just different so it was it was really cool like growing into that even more so i think sweatshop helped out a lot because it was kind of like you know a smaller setting and then going into crossfit i felt way more comfortable um and plus i knew everyone i knew every single person coming in so that helped because it's like okay it's not just random people I'm coaching the people that I know um so it was even easier to transition into it I guess yeah I think that's one thing like I mean going back to like with your NASM I think that's one thing where um for like trainers or for coaches like a group setting especially when you're part of it already I think that transitions a lot easier because if you go to LA Fitness or you know 24 Hour Fitness like like you said like it's just you and you like maybe your buddies or you might know a couple people whatever it is but if you're going to do like that whole one-on-one thing, it's mm-hmm. literally a complete stranger yeah. where you're like, you don't even know their name. You don't, you don't know anything. Yeah. And with, uh, with the CrossFit, like you said, like you knew every member. So that kind of like that where you're like, oh, okay, well I'm already comfortable with you. So now it's like, Hey, like, let me help you out yeah. kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that transition is uh, definitely a lot better. Cause I mean, that helped me for me. Cause same thing, like with one-on-one I'm confident, but yeah, like, a complete stranger sometimes i'm like all right like i gotta like yeah i'm on my toes kind of thing i guess you could say <laughs> yeah you're just trying to figure them out so how was uh how is it that you went from like being uh starting with sweatshop and then going to coaching crossfit to end up ultimately being the manager like how, how, did, how did that happen um so i think it was just kind of like a conversation that i had with um so with scott and then mike was coming on as manager for a little while and then with everything transitioning with pandemic and stuff it was kind of like a need that was there we like we need another person um to help out um because you know brett like at the time was he's busy with fire and doing all of that and then mike is like here's but it's like you know you need a little bit more um and so i was already doing sweatshop like i was pretty much running sweatshop programming it um managing it doing all the scheduling for the coaches and everything so it was kind of like I was already like a little mini manager for, for that aspect. Um, and then it was just, a, I think it was a conversation that um, Mike and I had and it was kind of something that was just like, hey, you know, this is what we need. Like, would you be interested? And um, I was like, absolutely. Like, I want my, like, I want to grow in this. I want to help out pandemic. Like, I'm here for whatever you guys need and I want to make myself more available. And they kind of already knew my situation with um, my other two jobs. I was going to be leaving the church, like, job, and um, wanting to, like, work more here, work more hours, and so it worked out even better that they were able to offer that to me, and then um, I could kind of, like, it kind of worked out for me with my jobs, and then it helped out with them. So, so it was, it was just like, like a win-win both ways. It was just ways. a win-win, definitely, um, and then that was, that was really cool, and I was here a lot more, and it was really cool because then I could um, not stress out about I was doing three jobs, so there would be some days where I would literally do all three jobs, like the church in the morning, in between I would coach a couple hours, and then I would go to Rodrigo's and work the restaurant at night, and like it was doable, I could do it, but I didn't want to do it forever, and I'd rather Well, yeah, you don't see yourself here. doing that for no, 20 years. No, there's or, no way. Yeah, it's, just, just, it's a lot of mental exhaustion. Definitely mental exhaustion, and so it was kind of like, they kind of already knew where I was at, wanting to kind of open up that time, but be here for that be at pandemic more um and so it was just like perfect timing that they needed someone and i wanted to give more availability to a pandemic so it was just perfect so how did you feel when like they were like hey like would you be interested in this like was that kind of like out of like left field almost we were like what like me kind of thing yeah or? yeah it was because um i don't know i guess i just didn't 
see that happening. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that they needed someone or um, would even, like, consider me just because I've never really, like, helped run a gym. You know, I did sweatshop, but like I said, that was a smaller scale, you know, a couple coaches, um, smaller group of, like, members at the time because it was so new. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like, it was like a shock. I was like, can I even do that? Like, <laughs> am I yeah, even So there's a little bit of, know? like, self-doubt kind of thing, huh? Absolutely, yeah. I was just like, whoa, like, this is like a business, like, can I help run this business? And like, I don't want it to be a negative, right? you know, like, I don't want to affect it. But um, they saw a lot of potential in me. And, and they expressed that. And um, just the fact that they asked me was already like an honor. And then that they, you know, were like, we think you do a really great job. And um, were very encouraging. And like, saw that, like I said, saw that potential was already motivating enough, like, okay, cool. Like, they think I can do this then I know I can do it. Um, yeah. And I know I'll grow in it even more, but, like, let's just get started and start learning and start figuring out, like, what I need to do. Yeah, you were kind of, like, willing to, like, commit to it and be like, all right, like, let's do it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, I was willing just to learn. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, with the three jobs, like, deesh, like, I could only imagine. Like, I, for a little bit, um, when I was uh, coaching, I was coaching at two gyms when I first oh, yeah, started coaching right. here. I was uh, coaching at a uh, Sky Raider in uh, Riverside for a little bit, and but yeah, like that gets tough. You know, that's why ultimately I ended up uh, like leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I mean, just because like literally like that mental exhaustion. Like I did that maybe for like I want to say like seven months or something. Like yeah. going back and forth, and it was just like oh man, like like physically I could do it, but it's just that mental exhaustion because it was two completely different programs. Like two completely different set of like members and stuff and like I wasn't I wasn't able to put like my full attention to like one or the other you know like that that was ultimately like one of the reasons why I ended up like leaving was like I, I started noticing in my regular work that started suffering a little bit yeah. I started noticing like in like both the gyms like my coaching was like it wasn't bad but I could sell like I wasn't at par with what I'm like comfortable like coaching with because I was just like man I'm I got to worry about this because there'd only be a handful of times where I would have mm-hmm. to go back and forth. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I first started here with the weightlifting and I started like Tuesdays and Thursdays. But yeah, like I would coach like one or two hours at Skyrider, drive over here, coach the weightlifting. And then like that's a lot, like a lot of back and forth. And yeah, like you said, it's just mentally exhausting going from one set of just like a whole group of people. And, <clears throat> you know, you put a lot into those hours that you coach and then to literally drive and then come do it more on top of trying to do have like your own time for your own fitness yeah so it's that's hard yeah it's tough well i mean that's that was like like now i ended up leaving uh the sky raider job and then just because here i there was just a lot more opportunity for me and stuff like that and um so i i'm i'm like super grateful for for them over there at sky raider they they gave me a lot of opportunity and stuff but same thing here like you know, it's a little bit closer to our live area and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, it works out. Works yeah. Out. All right. So with working at a restaurant, right? You're working mm-hmm. at Rodrigo's. Yeah. Um, how is that like transition from because I would imagine that you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have the <laughs> nicest customers all the time, <laughs> especially for some reason when it comes with food, like oh, people you can get. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I've never I've never worked in a restaurant, um, but. Like I could only imagine with food because my sister works for Starbucks okay. and she'll, she'll tell me some of her little war stories and stuff. So do you think working at Rodrigo's like completely compare, like prepared you for interaction or customer service essentially oh, yeah. in like the fitness space? Oh yeah. I mean like you, you can just imagine like the, <laughs> I would say the movie Waiting is a very good, like, <laughs> I mean, maybe not, like, the raunchy part of it, but um, just, like, the customers. And don't get me wrong, there's some people that were, like, absolutely amazing people that, like, there's actually people that I met that became regulars that are actually friends now that I regularly, like, see on Facebook and, like, you know, they're good people. Um, but, yeah, there would just be some people that are, like, you're just like, how are they like this? Like, how are they so mean? Or how are they just like hate their lives? How do they hate their life so much? And they take it on in you. Um, so going from that where you experience that and you literally like just have to, you know, let them say and do whatever they want. Um, and they're always right. So it's kind of like going from that to CrossFit where, you know, there's people that have, you know, that maybe they're in a bad mood or like, you know, not having a good day, but it's different with CrossFit because 
like you're a coach and so you can see that so this is their hour to relieve their stress so whereas you know at the restaurant you hear someone like they're yelling at you and they're blaming you for all their issues and you just kind of have to be like yeah you're right okay i did wrong you can take it but then it's just different because at like when you're coaching someone can like completely open up to you about their problems but it's different because they're not blaming you they're like almost wanting like help or a counselor or whatever and so you kind of have to play like a you know, you have multiple hats when you're coaching. I feel like you're there to help them with their fitness and, like, make sure their form is right and everything like that and all the other things that a coach does. But you're also there to kind of, like, be there as, like, a human, as, like, a person to listen and, like, see what's going on because ultimately that's going to affect them for that hour. Like, yeah. you know, if you kind of just brush it off and just, like, oh, they're having a bad day, just I'm going to leave not them alone. Not my problem. Like, not my thing. problem kind of yeah. thing. Then it kind of just is, like, they're like, man, I came here to kind of, like, de-stress you know and so I feel like that helped me a lot because it was like if someone was having a bad day or kind of rude to you or whatever um coaching which you don't really experience much but it happens um you know you take it like with a grain of salt because you know like it's not they're they're going through something whereas you know at the restaurant they're just blaming you for something that you didn't do and there's really no like you don't really just help them you just give them their food and that's kind of it yeah CrossFit it's different so like I definitely think it it just prepared me to help, like, read people, I guess. See, okay. like, like I feel like I could, um, I can just tell, like, if someone's off or, like, especially if you know a lot of members, you coach a lot of the same classes, you know how people usually act. act. And then when they're different, you can tell, like, so that kind of was helpful to know, like, okay, something's going on, like, if they want to talk. It was just really cool to see that. Um, I feel like it definitely prepared me, like, understanding people a lot. Um, so both, both really, like played a part I think in that yeah uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because like legitly this just past Saturday uh, me and Mike were talking to Tony mm-hmm. and uh, Tony uh, shout out to Tony he's like uh, the number one <laughs> podcast fan yeah he is uh, he's gonna get on here pretty soon alright so you guys be ready for that um, but like yeah it was just funny because if you guys know Tony he's uh, he's not shy with his words right He's no. he says it out of love <laughs> no, and fun not. but he is just he's that guy he's mm-hmm. you know the Uncle Drew kind of character like and I completely love it. Like, he's yeah, an he's awesome, awesome guy. But, yeah, like, me and Mike Mike was legitly saying, like, dude, the one day you come in here and you're not saying something, like, I know something's going to yeah, be wrong. Like, exactly. you know, like, I have to be worried kind yep. of stuff. And, yeah, you, you do end up developing, like, essentially relationships with pretty much, yeah. like, everybody in here. You, mm-hmm. you figure out how they're acting and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so um, from going from the church job, restaurant job, CrossFit – and then you ended up ultimately leaving Rodrigo's, right? Right. And um, was that while you're? Was that as you were going to pursue law enforcement, or was that uh, beforehand? That was um, while. So I was. So I started working here, um, and then you know promoted and progressed, and then was coaching, managing at pandemic, and then I was working at the restaurant. And I've had. I mean, that job was like every. I guess job I had, I always had Rodrigo's. It was like my safety blanket. Um, I mean, I started there in high school, so I think I worked there like eight, nine years. Oh. Um, yeah, I was there a long time. Um, and like, it was a great job. It was um, my first actual job. And then I just kept it throughout the years as I had other jobs. Um, so it was, it was actually really hard to leave because like I said, it was like a security blanket. Like I always knew that was like, my one of my sources of income um you could always I, rely on it. i could always rely on it if i ever needed more money I'd just pick up more shifts if i you know i always had the exact same schedule it, like it never changed week to week um so i always knew what times and days i work i had the same customers a lot of time a lot of regulars like it was just comfortable um and it was just you know consistent so i just always had it um so it was actually hard i mean it was very it was really hard to, to leave here like pandemic like yeah. I, I cried it was hard <laughs> it was really hard but um but yeah I kept Rodrigo's and up until like I left to pursue law enforcement so um yeah I think I had I think I quit them both around the same time pandemic and um Rodrigo's um so what was the was law enforcement something that you had like had in like the back of your mind for a while or, or how did how did that come come about um so it was funny how it worked out um so coaching here um and 
I loved coaching here and I loved being a manager here, but it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, well, it's I'm working two jobs, um, you know, and like it's kind of hard to do that forever. Yeah. Because they're both not. I can't both make a career. I mean, yeah, I could do it forever. Like I could do it for the next 10, 20 years if I wanted. Um, but it just kind of was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like back to back jobs. I was kind of like running dry with, you know, I was working like six days a week. I'd have one day off and then I'd be back the next six days, back to back jobs. Um, so it was just kind of hard because it was like, I'm so young and I'm already feeling like burned out, you know, um, which is okay. Like, I think it's necessary when you're young to work hard and just that's what you do like develop you just, that work yeah, ethic yeah right? develop that work ethic like I had no issue working um but I kind of was starting to look into other just ways I could kind of like have a steady career that would be able to provide for like my future for you know like benefits retirement things like that um so I was just kind of like looking at different things and I actually was going to go back to school um for I think at the time it was going to be for physical therapy um, so that's actually what I was gonna do. I was gonna coach here, um, go back to school, and or or maybe like do less at pandemic, work at Rodrigo's a little bit less, and then go to school. And that was kind of like, I mean, I was almost like gonna start. I was, you know, just about to get like a, a loan and things like that, and I was doing all of the financial work for it. And then I just kind of realized like I don't want to be this much money in debt right. for you know a job that. I don't even know if it's going to, you if know, you're gonna like. if I'm even going to like it. Yeah. And so I had interned um, at a physical therapy office and I just remember I did it a couple of days a week, like, you know, a couple hours and I'd be in the office and they were doing their thing. But I just remember being there like, I don't want to do this. Like this felt boring. I felt like I was stuck inside. Like, like you room. couldn't see yourself doing this 40 hours a week. I couldn't see myself doing it. Um, I just didn't feel like I'd be happy. And so again, I was like, well, crap that was what I was gonna do like that was my plan what now um and so see uh, everyone mostly knows if you guys don't know I'm dating shout out to Ethan Sillers <laughs> <laughs> um so I met him here at pandemic and he works in law enforcement and it was actually his mom so his mom she just retired shout out to Carrie Long love her um she was she was currently working for LAPD as well and um, kind of like during the middle of like the first year, so maybe like six months into us dating, she was just like, Hey, why don't you try it? Like it was way back before I'd even thought about a different career. And she was like, Hey, maybe like, would you be interested in this? And cause she worked in recruitment. So she was really good at like, you know, helping people with that process. And I remember like, no, I don't think I could do that. Like, that's not for me. I don't, I don't know. I was really hesitant, but when I started reevaluating after I didn't want to do physical therapy, I kind of thought back to that, like, hey, I remember she was saying that, like, she thinks I could, you know, potentially, like, have a career in this. Like, maybe I should kind of look into it more. Yeah. Um. So I talked to Carrie, and I was just asking her, like, you know, realistically, like, do you think I can do this? Like, you see people all the time. Like, you work in recruitment. You've done this job for, you know, 30 years. Like, tell me the honest truth like is this something that I can do or you really see because if it's not like I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to waste their time like yeah I want to know if this is something that's possible and she's like absolutely like I think that you could do this I mean I'm paraphrasing but she basically was like I can help you and like let's you know let's do do it and so after that I was like all right like I'm, I'm like let's just try it my mentality was like I want to do this I think I can do it the more I started thinking about it I was getting more and more interested. I started like watching videos, um, like LAPD recruitment videos and obviously talking to Carrie and then Ethan and I just asked them like, what's what's the job really like? Like, you know, you see videos, but what's the reality of it? Like, You're what's like, it like being out on the streets? Like, yeah. you know. All I have is cops to base it exactly, off of, right? Exactly, cops and like <laughs> Reno 911. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure people don't wear booty shorts <laughs> and some cowboy boots. So like, what's the real, you know, what's it really like? Um, and I just remember like hearing stories about it and things like that. And I just got more and more interested. And then the more I thought about it, I just realized like, I actually really would like doing this. That you could see yourself doing it. I could see myself doing it. Um, I mean, you're helping people. All of my jobs related around people. So like It's like almost like a service base, It's all service base, like job, um, 
um, Rodrigo's like restaurant, uh, was helping people, pandemics, helping people, the church, I was helping people. It was always community based. Um, and so that was really cool knowing like, yeah, like I could make a difference even if it's a small part and yeah, every day you're not saving lives on patrol, but you are doing a small part in, you know, ch changing the way the city is. So that was really cool. Um, and like I said, like I was always kind of like a tomboy. So it was kind of cool knowing like just the different things that you could get into. And so it just, I just got more and more interested in it. Um, and then the process was like really, really, um, I don't want to say easy because there was a lot, like, it's a long process. It's not just like anyone can do it. Um, but everything that I did, like, I was just kind of like every step I would get to, I would pass it with like flying colors. And it was just like really motivating to know like, okay, not only am I not, I'm not just barely passing these tests. I'm like, you're exceeding. I'm succeeding at these tests that they're, you know, that I'm taking. And so it was kind of really cool knowing like, all right, I can do this. So it was, it was kind of just how everything got started and then just kind of went from there. Yeah. And then especially with um, like starting it and then you have your boyfriend, Ethan, and then his mom kind of like in the back burner is like, mm -hmm. hey, like, yeah. let's go kind of thing, you know? Right? Yeah. They were huge, like a huge support system between them two. I mean, like without them, it would have been a really hard process. And um, I think that like, like I credit them to so much with helping me with just I mean, one, I was stressed out, <laughs> but two, like, just knowing, like, everything would be fine, like, they would help me with just, like, anything that I needed, it was, I mean, they both, like, I love them so much, have helped so much throughout it all. Well, shout out to Ethan. Shout and, out to uh, Ethan and Carrie. And Mrs. Sillers, right? <laughs> yeah. Carrie Long. She's Long. <laughs> oh, Long. Yeah. All right. But, yeah. Um, so, with that, so how was it, um, like, going through the academy, like, how was that process? Like, how was... How was the academy and then obviously like learning like because i mean i i will obviously i haven't done it but mm -hmm. like you obviously had to get like trained in like some type of combat right you had yep. to get trained in um firearm mm -hmm. safety training and mm -hmm. all that and then like even like uh like tasing and like mace and or oh, like yeah. pepper spray all of that. so how was like all of that experience like how was that journey going to like through that um uh, so it was the academy is a six-month process, um, and you have different classes. So, like you said, you have firearms, you have academics, um, you have law, and then you have um, archon, which is like arrest and control, which is kind of like combat, like um, learning different things, like handcuffing. <clears throat> excuse me, handcuffing from handcuffing to like wrestling with someone and like that kind of stuff. So you're doing like a little bit of kind of like jujitsu stuff. Um, it was pretty cool, like, the different, like, stuff you do, PT that they have you go through. Um, and then you also have, so let me see, and then you also have tactics. So there's five different major, like, classes that you go through that kind of encompass the whole thing. Um, so tactics is, like, what you do, like, how you approach things, how you're tactically safe, um, how you always have, like, the advantage and you're not kind of, like, taken off guard. And then Archon, like I said, is, like, combat like we would wrestle each other we would do like you know how to control suspects things like that um academics is more like um report writing um just a mixture of stuff like things like that um like broadcasting on the radio learning mm. different codes like all that kind of stuff and then law is obviously learning law like penal codes um and then what was the other one? Oh, firearms firearms was probably my favorite I loved it. Um, I had a really great firearms instructor. She was awesome. Um, she, like, was kind of like, you just go out there, you handle your shit, and you do it. And, like, she was just this tough, like, badass lady who um, had, like, 30 years on the job, and she was really cool. But, um, yeah, so it was a hard process itself. The like, six mentally? Months. Like, physically? Mentally, physically, emotionally. <laughs> like, everything is just, like, heightened. So you're going through so much stress through all of it <clears throat> and through every single portion of it. So not only are you stressed about, you know, the PT that they put you through when, you know, they're putting stress on you and you have to, you know, do push-ups and sit-ups and run around wherever. But aside from that stress from, like, your drill instructors, the stress of, oh, man, like, we have these many tests coming up and I have to pass them because if I don't pass it, then I have to t I have one chance to remake it, and if I don't re if I fa fail that, 
then I double tap and I'm out. Like I'm literally out of the academy. So um, any test that you took, <clears throat> if you double tapped on it, you're out. So you have that stress going on in your mind. You have the stress of, you know, trying to get through the six months and just kind of like not get yelled at or not like be picked on, not picked on, I shouldn't say that, but like you just kind of want to fly under the radar. You want to pass your stuff and be done, you know? So how is, uh, how is the, the ten? I get not tension, but like how are, how are the people there? Is there some type of like animosity where it's kind of like. Like between you and your classmates? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. I mean, everyone has like their opinions and stuff but for the most part like everyone was pretty much just trying to get through it so like in the beginning you don't really know people and then as you get to know people then there's people that like you know some people don't like as much some people that people all really like you know it just there's always that like little drama stuff Mm -hmm. um but for the most part I really wasn't involved in any of that I was kind of like I just want to do my thing I just want to like get through all of the stuff I have to do and that's about it um, but everyone, so we had a class about like 57, I think we started with, and then we graduated with either 51 or 52. But with that 50 something group of people, you end up becoming pretty close with everyone. Um, like towards the middle of it, everyone's like, all right, we're kind of in this together. So like, let's make sure that, you know, we're all there for each other. So it, it actually was pretty cool. Like knowing if you forgot something, like there was someone who was gonna have an extra one for you and like, you know, there was always someone to like help you out if you were struggling with your codes or something, like someone was there to help you study. Like <clears throat> everyone pretty much like became like- Had each other's backs. Had each other's backs no matter what. So that was pretty cool. Cause now it's like, I have this group of people that I know that, I mean, maybe not every single person, but there's a good amount of people that'll, you know, always know. And yeah. they'll all be my classmates, you know? So it was cool how like everyone kind of came together like that. You still keep, so you still keep in touch with uh, those people? Um, a few, I'd probably say like a handful of them. Not every single person, but we do have like a like a group me chat that like frequently, you know, people post stuff and like just check up on people. Um, so, but like immediately, like I have a couple people like my friend Emily, like she and I are like best friends now. She's like hopefully my future partner. We kind of want to like partner up, so. Like, for her, like, I know that's going to be, like, a lifelong friend. My other classmate, Rico, like, he's at the same division that I'm at, so we're pretty close. Um, And then there's a couple other people that, you know, just became good friends out of it that I could see, you know, knowing for a while. So it's pretty cool still talking to them. Um, So when when you finished the academy, uh, when did you end up getting, like, sworn in? Um, It was, I think, our maybe, like, the end of our fifth month out of the sixth. Um, I want to say it was, I actually think it was like one or two days after Christmas, um, just the way that it worked out with when we started the Academy. So it was kind of like a cool little Christmas present to myself. Just like, okay, I did this, like I had my badge ceremony. Um, and it's a pretty cool like ceremony. They have you come out and they call your name and you know, you shake the captain's hand and they gave you your badge and then, um, you do your like your little class chant and then once you're done with that then they kind of like release you and you choose like one person to pin your badge so it's a pretty cool moment because it's the first time you're ever wearing your badge that you're, you're essentially going to have for 30 years um that's like you know always going to be with you and so it was pretty cool i had ethan do it um just because like he'd helped so much throughout the process um and kept me motivated through it all when there were times where I'm like, I can't do this, or I don't know if I should do this, or, you know, feel you feel like you suck, but you're really not. Um, so I had him do it. It was a pretty cool, like, moment to, to like, have that. So to share with them. Yeah, so that was about, I think, like, our fifth month, a month before you graduated. So when was, uh, when was day one on the job? Day one, oh, man. So we graduated, uh, for us, my class, we graduated, I think, the end of January, or, like, mid-January. <clears throat> and some people got really lucky. So you graduate on a Friday. The next um, deployment period starts on the following Sunday because it's it goes by every 28 days of the new deployment period. So the new deployment period was starting just two days later on that Sunday. Some people got lucky, and we graduated on Friday. They had, like, five days off, so you had time to kind of, like, decompress and, like, de-stress and get your stuff ready and things like that not the case for me. I started one day later. I graduated on Friday, had Saturday to prepare, and I started that very first Sunday. I was like, 
holy shit like <laughs> like i'm in it now i'm right? in it now i mean i was stressed out you can ask ethan that saturday was like just getting everything ready um you know because now you're going from a recruit which is kind of like a recruit mindset even though you try not to be you're you feel like you're a recruit to now one and a half days later i'm now a sworn police officer who's going on patrol for my first time and so it was pretty it was pretty scary. It was nerve wracking. I mean, day one, I remember is exactly January twentieth, uh, this year, and it was just like, Oh my gosh. Like that day was I'll never forget that day. It was wild because you don't expect you don't know what to expect, you know. But a lot happened that day. <laughs> yeah, a lot happened. Well, it's a memorable day, right? It's a memorable day, definitely. I mean it was it was crazy. It was like one of our very like. Uh, so I was a mid watch unit. I started at like eleven. You know, you get there super early. You go to your roll call and all that. And it was just funny right off the bat. Like, you're just nervous. Um, but I didn't. So it was a funny story because you do roll call and it's usually like in a certain room, um, the roll call room. But when you're a mid watch, sometimes they don't do it. They just do it in a different area. Um, and I didn't know that. No one told me that. So I'm like in the room waiting. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's about to start. Like no one's here. And then this other probationer, which is like when you're, um, at your new division, after you graduate, you have one year, you're on probation to, you know, to get through. So this other probationer, he came up to me and he was like, Hey, are you Inese? And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> What's he's like, oh yeah, we're going to, we do a roll call downstairs for watch for not up here. And so I'm like, great, like already off to a great, great start. start. <laughs> like I'm in the wrong room. You probably think I'm late. Like, oh, it's just, it was funny, but yeah, it was good, good memories from that day. And then like now, I mean, even like January, we're only, we're, it hasn't even been a year, mm-hmm. but like now looking back on that, you're like, uh, like I was such like a, oh, like, so was, like stressed out, <laughs> such like a, like noob like <laughs> I was so worried like really was not that big a deal but and like now you're just like in your like in your groove kind of mm-hmm. thing already like yeah so the first six six months of your probationary year you're with a field training officer um <clears throat> and then after those six months you're still on probation but you're kind of just working with other people you don't have to have a training officer so I'm in that second half I've only got like one maybe two months left of that um so it's a little bit it's different it's a different feel you know you're not getting like evaluated daily and like you know you're not you're working with just regular officers that are not training officers so then it becomes more fun because you're kind of like getting into stuff and it's it's pretty cool you get into a groove because it's essentially I've been doing it almost a year so you get more comfortable with how you do things and stuff like that um is uh because obviously there's like tons of branches in uh, law enforcement with that Mm -hmm. so is like patrol like something you want to see or you you do ultimately want to do like advance like do other stuff or yeah I do definitely want to promote eventually so how it works like with the ranks is right now I'm a police officer one which is a probationer when I'm off probation I'll be a police officer two which is just like your standard patrol officer and then uh, there's like a patrol officer three which is a higher rank, so there's different ranks. Um, eventually, I'd like to, um, like, kind of my plan, what I'd like to do is after a certain amount of years, I can apply for, like, a specialized unit, like a, a gang unit or a vice unit um, or narcotics. So there's different routes I want to go, and then eventually I'd like to promote to, um, I mean, like, you always see SWAT, but before that you can go into something that's called Metropolitan Division. So that's something I would love and, like, you know, would be amazing to do. So go to Metro. Um, which they do similar stuff to SWAT, and then eventually, I mean, it would be a dream to do SWAT. So that's kind of like my goal, ultimately, to get there, and then um, and then go from there, and then maybe promote to like a sergeant or something, and then kind of just keep going from there. But I awesome. do, yeah, I do definitely want to like continue. Patrol is, I love patrol, and I definitely think like you should put your time in patrol because. You need to be a street cop. You need to know what you're doing, and you need to understand. You know the ins and outs of everything. Yeah, and and if you don't really do that, and you kind of just skip out on it, you kind of, you know, you need to have some experience before you can kind of get to those things. You know. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for your service and uh, protecting oh, protecting you know. us uh, oh, us know. normal people. <laughs> All right. Um, so with that, uh, just to kind of go out. Um, 
off a little bit of a different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I posted some stuff on Instagram, like obviously like to answer questions and mm-hmm. all of that. So a few of you guys uh, had a question for Tani or had questions for Tani. All right, all right. Q&A time. <laughs> so uh, starting off with uh, Miss uh, at Olive Tree 23X, uh, Olivia. Olivia, how did your mindset and mentality change in the academy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, first I want to say, Olivia, you beautiful sunflower child. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Leslie Nope quote right now, but it's escaping me. A Leslie Nope. Leslie Just Nope. Just call her yeah. uh, Ann Perkins. <laughs> Ann Perkins. <laughs> you Ann Perkins. <laughs> you beautiful newborn baby. <laughs> you naive innocent child. If any of you guys don't know that reference, it's uh, Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec. Yeah. One of the best shows. Yeah, it's like my favorite. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, how? Sorry, say it one more time. My mentality, how did it change in the academy? Yeah, so it was a how did your mindset and mentality mindset. change in the academy? Um, so I would say it kind of, like, the academy is really just a time to learn, like, a lot of, I mean, you're, you're going from, like, a civilian to now having this mindset of, like, a police officer. So it's a very different mindset, just the way you think, the way you do things. Um, and so I would say... Like, just that mindset alone changed from, like, a civilian mindset to police officer. So that was one way. But I guess I started, um, like, seeing – how do I explain it? You started seeing it from, like, the other side. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Like, you started seeing it from the other side. So you're understanding, like, what it's like to be a police officer. Um, you you kind of have to have, like – mental toughness it's different than like you know being tough like in everyday life like yeah. you know I almost kind of like a transition from being a member of right. the gym to now ultimately coaching right right exactly it's like seeing it from the outside in you're kind of like oh okay yeah. whatever but then being in that position now you're like all right like now i know now. what i like what i what i need to know and kind of stuff exactly like. so it's kind of like uh, i feel like um like my mental toughness but just like that kind of like grit and like toughness grew even more for me so that mentality changed I guess um like a lot of people know me as like a very nice person very friendly very like maybe sweet I don't know I wouldn't say sweet but (laughs) some may say sweet I don't know um but you kind of have to like know when to be nice and then you have to know when to not be nice and you kind of um you just started seeing like the reality of things of like the seriousness that the job entails and you have to be prepared for that so I think that the academy did great in like opening your eyes to the reality of things of like oh shit like you're not just playing a cute job you're not just doing a cute role like it's not just cute like you see people post Instagram pictures like it's the the reality is like any call any time like you can be hurt you can be died you can be shot at like it's a life Anything. and death situation. It's a life and death situation, and it's not... Um, it's not meant to be taken lightly. Right, exactly. And so you just... <clears throat> I never thought of it like, you know, oh, whatever, it's a whatever job. I never thought of it that way or took it lightly, but you take it even more seriously. Like after it's on knowing. a whole another level. It's on a whole another level. Um, so I think that part of me also changed, um, which, you know, was necessary. Like, two, they did it for a reason. They they tell you the realities of it and, and everything. Um, so I think that definitely changed and you kind of just like um you don't you're not so naive you know you just kind of get like more serious with certain things and and like yeah you're exposed to like the reality yeah, of you're life exposed almost, to a right? lot more. exactly so um I think my mentality changed in like becoming um more dominant you know like I think that helped out a lot instead of just being kind of like a nice person like you had to like be you alpha. Had to, you had to be alpha. That's the perfect way to describe it. I was trying to think of that word. Yeah, yeah you had to be alpha. Um, and so I think that definitely changed. Like I became more alpha. Do you think? Or I feel like it just like grew more. You know. All right. So I know um, we're in the 21st century and all that stuff. But um, do you think being a female is tougher when you're dealing in situations like that? Because would you say people don't take you as serious or some people are kind of like, oh, like she's a girl cop, she's nice or, mm-hmm. oh, kind of thing. Like, is there some type of like, like. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, yes, we are in the 21st century and <clears throat> there's a lot of things that we can do and there's a lot more women on the job, um, which is amazing, I think, because just like backstory, like 
they used to not really like women on the job. Um, just stories that I've heard from women that have been on the job 30 something years ago. Uh, you know, it just was difficult. It was difficult for them. They were, you know, called names. And I'm not saying LAPD did that, but all jobs, like all, a lot of agencies. Any profession. Any profession. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, just LAPD. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying, like, it was difficult then because it was new and with anything different like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of barriers that women had to break. And so Zoom to now, um, you know, it's still, I feel like we still kind of have to prove ourselves a little bit because, yeah, we're women. So people may think like, oh, she's nicer. She's softer. She's, you know, female as opposed to that officer who is bigger, taller, stronger, buffer, whatever. Yeah. Um, so they think of them as, you know, it just the vis just visually they seem more intimidating but um so you definitely have to kind of uh combat that and just kind of prove like no i'm confident like um, i'm a i'm an officer yeah, regardless i'm an like, officer regardless like i wear the same badge as you and i'm capable of the same things that you are and like um you know i think that you kind of do have to prove yourself a little bit more um I, I i personally have never experienced anything where anyone has ever said anything to me um about being a female, about being, like, lesser. Like, I've never experienced that, and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm not saying... I don't even know anyone now that has, um, like, specifically, and I don't know anyone directly that has been told that, but I just know, like, it's just kind of something, like, you just got to prove yourself. But I, like I said, I've never been treated um, like Different. I wasn't equal. No, yeah. never. Um, but I would say mainly to, like, like people out in the community is more where you need to prove it, like, to a suspect, you know, yeah, not necessarily to people like your your coworkers, like like your everyday guy, your everyday yeah. person, like right, exactly. So, um, I think that's kind of where you need to like prove your yourself a little bit more. Um, but yeah, thankfully I've never experienced anything where it's like, oh, well, you're a female, you can't do that. I've never experienced that, well, and I don't think I ever really will. But I mean, well, that's awesome to hear, right? Yeah. All right. So, next question. We yes. got uh, at CrossFit Pandemic. So, I'm assuming this hey is going to be Mike, yeah. Mike or either Hunter. <laughs> Mike or Hunter. <laughs> oh, uh, how, was, uh, how has CrossFit helped you with your new job as a police officer? It's, wow, so much. Um, it's funny. Like, there's just instances where, like, I'll experience something and I it'll relate something to here. And I'll think about it, like, out on the field or on the job or something. And I just think back to, like, oh... That kind of prepared me for this. Um, but I would say it's helped in a lot of di- different aspects. So like what we were talking about earlier, like relationships relationships with people, um, just kind of reading people, kind of like getting to know people and have that um, like ability to relate to someone, to who like someone who's a victim or something of something and you're trying to just relate to them or calm them down. Like um, I developed even more of my communication skills here um, with people so that helped a lot with like just the way I interact um I would say I mean like the the coaching aspect becoming like a leader in that sense and being able to coordinate a class and being able to essentially you're leading people um for that hour so becoming a leader like that helped me a lot um with my leadership skills and being able to do that on the field you have to make decisions um you know, inside or outside, like if you're doing something at the station or if you're out on the field, you're constantly making decisions um, and quick. Like you have to have that thinking, which is kind of like coaching. Like you've got to think of stuff on the fly, you know. Um, so that that helped out a lot, improvising things like that. And then um, the main part, like the physical fitness part of it, pandemic, um, like I said, CrossFit has already changed my life so much. But pandemic specifically, like this is where I really excelled in my fitness and I've never been, you know, like in this greater shape than when I was here. So, so I would say that that helped out a lot because when you're out, you know, as when you're a cop, like you need to have that physical fitness aspect because like I said, like you don't know what can happen. So you need to be able to either defend yourself or if you're, you know, running after something or someone or whatever, or even just just the fact that you're carrying about 30 pounds of weight on your hips, like, 
you know, the, from your belt, there's just a lot that goes into it. So knowing, like, it's not like you're not wearing you're wearing sneakers. Or no, anything. you're not yeah. wearing sneakers. Yeah, you're wearing boots. You're wearing a wool uniform. Yeah. You know, you have this thirty pounds of weight on you, and like, you know, you've got to be able to maintain that. And so, um, you've got to be in good shape just to be able to do a lot of the functions out there. And it's not that you have to be, you know, this five percent body fat. You just need to be able to, um, you know, handle whatever you need to handle and. CrossFit helped out so much with that. So that was like a huge part in that. And then I'll even get hit up by people like, hey, you used to do CrossFit. Like, I cannot tell you how many cops are like, oh man, like, how do I get into that? Or like, what do I do? Or um, or even people that do CrossFit, like, hey, like, let's all work out or something. Like, they really, um, like, CrossFit has just done so much for me. So, I mean, I'd say it helped out a lot. Awesome. So, next question from at Brenda Marie Medina. B Medina. How are you such a badass? <laughs> First off, how are you such a badass? Um, and second, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. No, um, she's the best. She's funny. She's a badass. Um, I would say learning from her, learning from you, B. That's how I learned to be a badass. But, um, but yeah, you just learn. That's it. You just become one. You just become you one. You just become one. That's it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, next question we got uh, at Rena Bears. Uh, Marina. Marina. Oh, hey. How do you balance work life and being a dog mom? Oh, dog mom. So if you guys don't know, I have two Dobermans. They are the best dogs ever. Um, I would say it's it, get, it, can, it can be hard just because, you know, like for us and then Ethan, we work 12-hour shifts. So... And right now we're on opposite schedules or opposite times. I literally work from 6.30 uh, in the morning to 6.30 at night. He works from 7 at night to 7 in the morning. So it's um, and it's hard with, you know, dogs that are like children to, to us. They're, to me, they're like my children. So it's hard, but you, it actually works out well right now with Ethan and I's schedule because if I'm not there, then he's there and vice versa. Um, so it just takes, I guess, developing the habit of, you know, knowing, like, who's feeding when, taking out when, um, and then making sure that, like, when you are home, you're spending time with them. Like, like any parent would do that's in law enforcement with their actual kids, you know, they would get a babysitter, or they would have family members watch them, um, and then on their days off, they would be spending time with them, that kind of stuff. It's similar with, with dogs, um, like, you just, uh, you know, like we have a friend that lets them out um, if we're both not home or if we're both going to be overtime or something, a neighbor will let them out or feed them. Like we, we just make it work. Um, but yeah, you just kind of like start developing little habits and then it gets easier. But it is hard sometimes because like I remember there was one time I was held over like I think I had like six or seven hours overtime and I forget Ethan wasn't available to take the dogs. We were on the same schedule and it was just like, what do we do? But we just had a friend come over. You figured it out. Right. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> cool. All right. So uh, last question from at lovely217 or underscore 217 from uh, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. Okay. Name an 80s movie that stars the two Corys. Hashtag 80s, baby. P.S. I miss your face. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, miss you, Elizabeth. Um, and I hope you're doing well. And... Of course, the movie with both the Corys has to be The Lost Boys, duh. <laughs> both the Corys awesome. Yeah, so she and I go- love the 80s. Uh, for those of you guys that haven't had uh, Tawny as um, a coach or anything like that, you could automatically assume by her uh, playlist choice yes. of uh, music <laughs> that she is a uh, fond of the <laughs> 80s era. Yes. Oh my gosh. Hashtag danger zone. Right. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> All right. So uh, just before we wrap this up, uh, just something I've been uh, telling uh, all the guests and uh, I'll continue saying that. So uh, where do you see Tawny in five years? And then where do you would like to see Tawny in 10 years? Oh, good question. Um, I would say in five years... Definitely, uh, that would be, hopefully, like, career-wise, I'd be, like, in a gang unit. Um, that would be ideal, because typically you need about, like, three years' experience. Um, so, five-year mark would be around when I would 
hopefully be in one or getting into one. <clears throat> and so career-wise, hopefully there. Like, that's kind of like a next step goal for me. And then family-wise, um, hey, yo, Ethan, this ring is, or this finger's looking Nick lonely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's going to hate me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that would definitely be uh, in the five-year plan. Um, as well, and then um, 10 years would be, you know, starting a family or something, or ha- have a family by then. Um, dogs, of course, as well. Always dogs, Dobermans. Um, and then probably career-wise, 10 years, I would... Man, 10 years, I would say either hopefully, like, getting into Metro, in Metro, or, like, you know, like looking at the process for that or something, that would be the ideal. And then um, obviously like fitness wise, five year and 10 year, like I hope to just be fitter um, than I was today and hopefully to be stronger and, you know, continuing like what I do and still, loving it and motivated with it, everything. Like still that. doing CrossFit, still doing bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. Like, yep. So um, with that, Gymshark or Lululemon? Ooh, the worst. Oh, that's so hard to choose because Lulu is like literally my first love. And then lately I've been getting into Gymshark and they're like comfortable, like so comfy. Man, I think I'm going to have to say Lulu for life though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Lulu for life. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I've been actually kind of noticing that uh, like uh, Joanna, she's been like all about Gymshark right yes. now. Like she's been like, dude, this stuff's like legit or yes. whatever. And then I've been noticing it like a lot more and more people have yeah. been like wearing it around the gym. I think it's because they're a little bit more affordable, but they're just as comfortable and they're they're really cute too. So it's kind of nice because Lulu is like, you get the name. Honestly, you get the name, but they're really comfortable and they last a while. But sometimes you got to change it up. So Joanna, I feel you, girl. That Gymshark life, it's, <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> All right. So uh, just with uh, any, like, you know, closing remarks or anything like that, obviously being in law enforcement, being um, in the CrossFit space as well, uh, would you feel comfortable if anybody wanted to talk to you about, you know, pursuing law yeah. enforcement or, you know, pursuing uh, a management position yeah. or something like that or, uh, you know, something like with CrossFit? Like, would you feel, would you be open to, like, people, like, hitting you up or anything like yeah, that? Or absolutely. Um, like, anyone, uh, I'm an open book for the most part. Like, if you have any questions regarding law enforcement, uh, CrossFit, management, um, transition, like, if you're in the process for any agency or have any questions, like, you know, I'm not saying I have a lot of time on and I know everything, but I just came out of that, you know, experience with going through the academy finishing up my probationary year um, as a police officer. So um, I kind of have fresh in my mind. So if you have any questions, feel free to message me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever um, outlet or see me at the gym. Just stop me, ask me a question. Um, And then I would say to anyone who is applying, like, stick to it. Like, if you're having a difficult time in the process, like, if it's something that you really want, stay committed to it. If you're in an academy, stay committed to it. Um, I know that like with my support system, they were there motivating me throughout the way because you start to doubt yourself. So just don't doubt yourself. Um, if you are in law enforcement in you know your first year, like keep going through the trenches and like stick with it and like it, you know, power to you guys. And I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right. So uh, awesome! So uh, Tawny's Instagram is at Wonton, W O N T A W N. All right, uh, she's around the gym. So if you guys ever see her, hit her up, say hi. All right, and with that, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. See you later. <laughs>